The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. You are listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's up, my fans? Welcome to Hit the Bell with me, Matias Burbell. We are here live from the MGM Grand Las Vegas, and we are hitting the bell, baby, live in Vegas, UFC Vegas, Super Bowl Sunday, right around the corner, and we are here to give you some awesome plays, an awesome show. Let's get going! Today, we have Minty Betts joining the show, and she will be talking about her best bets around the Super Bowl, but also we're going to talk about her best bets for this upcoming UFC Vegas fight card, Man event Joe Pfeiffer against Jack Hermanson. Who's going to take it all? Who's going to get knocked out? Who's going to get submitted? We're going to find out and we're going to break it down. But first thing is first, let's go over these fights coming up this Saturday at the UFC Apex Center. And like I said, Jack Hermanson coming in at 23-8, and eight, taking on Joe Pfeiffer, 12-2. and two. Supposedly Joe Pfeiffer has this Francis Ngannou type of power and he is at right now minus 260 favorite. I like him in parlays. I'm going to put him in some parlays. It's going to be a damn good fight. I think Joe Pfeiffer gets the knockout. I'm also betting him to win via knockout in the first round. I think he touches up Hermanson quick, and Hermanson goes down like a stack of bricks. Let's go. Co-main event, the homie Dan Dynamite EA is fighting Andre Touchy Feely. That's right, Andre Touchy Feely right now at plus 140. Dan Ige at minus 170. It is a scary price. It's a very scary price to fight uh, for Dan Ige considering both of these guys scrap. Both of these guys have that Islander blood, Polynesian, Hawaiian. Let's go. You know they're like they're going to bang. You know they're going to scrap. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking the over. I'm thinking Dan Dynamite Ige via decision. Somebody's winning by decision, so I'm just taking the over. It's a tough fight to pick who's going to win. I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I have emotional blood in this in this one, considering Dan Dynamite Ige is a friend of mine, and I love to watch him fight. I've been following his career the entire time. When I was back in Hawaii, uh, I would be da- interviewing Dan Dynamite Ige right when he got into the UFC, when he was winning in the Contender Series, when he was knocking out Dan the Hatchet Henry. I was a big Dan, Dan Dynamite Ige. Well, was. I am a big Dan Dynamite Ige fight, so there's no way... I could possibly say, Dan's going to win this fight, and I'm sure about it, because that would be emotional of me to be saying that type of stuff. But you know I'm going to be rocking with the Hawaiian. You know I'm going to be repping the Hawaiian, and you know I'm going to be screaming for the Hawaiian. So let's go. 
other big fights. Brad Tavares. Yeah, I have another one coming up right here. Another another emotional fight, but this is a banger. You know that we have Brad on the on the show. We know that he is a close and personal friend of the show. We know that he comes on every single couple months and gives us a breakdown. He kicked Chris Weidman's ass. He kicked Omar Akhmedov's ass. And now it's time for him to kick Gregory Rodriguez's ass. Robocop. I know that you have strong hands. I know that you have good footwork. I know that you've beat some of the best guys in the game, but you've never beat Brad Tavares. And you've never beat him when Brad's an underdog at plus 205. Brad, as an underdog, kicks ass. He's going in there fearless. This is a sniper type of bout. I wonder who lands first. I wonder who lands hardest. Because whoever lands first and whoever lands hardest is going to win this fight. Plus 205 with Brad Tavares. How could we say no? How could we say what? We're going with Brad Tavares right here. Michael Johnson at minus 140 going up against Darius Flowers at plus 120. That's some big stuff. That's some big news. You know, Michael Johnson with those quick hands. Can, can he land? Darius Flowers with that power. You know, who, who's going to answer the bell? You know, this is another big time fight. Michael Johnson, 22 and 19, guys. 22 and 19. That's 41 professional fights for Michael Johnson. That's crazy. We've been watching this guy since I was, what, in college, in high school? When, when, when was Michael Johnson's first professional UFC fight? Let's see here. Michael Johnson's first professional UFC fight. Let's scroll all the way down to December 4th, 2010. I was a sophomore in college. That is crazy. Man, and when was his first professional fight? 2008, January 31st, 2008. I was in high school. I was in high school. Oh my goodness. Michael Johnson, been kicking ass for a long time. And now he gets in the octagon with Darius Flowers, who stands at 12 and six. You know, Darius did not have a great UFC debut against Jake Matthews. He got submitted in round two. But supposedly now that uh, he feels a lot better with his body, he's going in there and he wants to get this victory. He wants to get his first real UFC victory outside of the Contender Series. Other big fights on this card, you know, Armin Petrosian, Rodolfo Vieira, a near pick of minus 105 for Armin Petrosian, minus 115 for Rodolfo Vieira. Does Rodolfo get the, the, uh, the submission? Does he gas out? This is a tough fight to call. I got to say, you know, it's scary. You know, it's scary. I don't want to go with the over because Rodolfo likes to get this fight to the ground. If Rodolfo gets his fight to the ground, he can get a submission. But Petrosian, we all know that's his weakness. So what has he been doing in the gym? Has he been practicing? Has he been, you know, having those long, grueling hours working on that takedown defense along the fence? Whenever I go to a gym and see these fighters train and train and work on that takedown defense when they don't have very good takedown defense, that is one of the most grueling aspects of the training part. Some people think it's sparring, you know, the foot work now man if you don't have good takedown defense and you're learning how to become a good takedown defense artist you are working along that fence for hours and if you know what that means that means you're sweating and pushing and it gets grimy in there man and it gets tough in there your body breaks down easily you know there's a lot of fluid in your muscles everything feels like everything thinks you know have you ever walked in quicksand you know walking through trenches slow footsteps walking in eight feet of snow just trying to get out of the damn thing that's what it's like when you're trying to fight along the trenches that's what it's like when you're along the fence and you're just trying to get out and you're fighting for positioning it's a grueling part of the sport and I want to know if Armin Petrosian is ready to do that against Rodolfo Vieira Loma Luke Boonmi 
Thailand, baby, stand up. Minus 280 going up against Bruna Brazil. Bruna Brazil is an awesome fighter. You know, she's scrappy. She throws hands. This is where she shines in a fight like this. But the thing is, Loma Luke Bumi, she's just not a scrapper. She's a Muay Thai artist. She's an excellent Muay Thai artist. She has an excellent Muay Thai clinch. She has excellent elbows. She knows how to kick you down on the floor once she gets you along, up along the fence. All that and more. Loma Luke Bumi is the pick. And you know what? I think Loma Luke Bumi parlayed with Joe Pfeiffer is the way to go. Man, is that the way to go. Minus 280, minus 260. Right there and then, going to get us some even money right there. Loma Luke Bumi, Joe Pfeiffer for the dub. Let's go. And a banger. And, and this is a banger. I don't know why it's on the prelims because this is a banger type of fight right here. Max Payne Griffin taking on Jeremiah Wells. This is a big time fight for both of these guys. LA boy Max Griffin stands at 19 and 10. Jeremiah Wells 12, 3, and 1. Both of these guys are searching for a win. When I see Max Payne Griffin, I see this guy fight till the end every single time. And his last three fights, he has two split decisions. He has one loss, one win, but it's going down to the buzzer. It's going down to the whistle. It's going down to the bell. If you know what I mean, that's what I'm saying. Split decisions are the way to go. Also, unanimous decision loss for uh, Max Payne Griffin against Michael Morales. And I'm not going to lie, Michael Morales is a badass from Ecuador. Not just a guy who kicks ass. He's a badass. An all-around badass. I shook this guy's hand and he almost broke my hand. He has hands of steel, this Michael Morales guy. So it's not a crazy thing for him to lose to this type of guy. Max Payne Griffin gets in there, he lands shots, he lands powerful shots, and he always takes his fight to his opponent. And this is the thing with Jeremiah Wells. If he lands, he can knock you out. But when I see Jeremiah Wells, I see a guy who sometimes gets knocked out quick. You know, but you know, his last, uh, when I see Jeremiah Wells, I see a guy that likes to get victories over Court McGee, over Blood Diamond, over Matthew Semlisberger. His last fight against Carlton Harris, he got submitted. And you know what? That, that was a bad loss for him. And right now, I think he gets the rebound. Max Payne Griffin at plus 135 is kind of hard to overlook. But I think Jeremiah Wells gets the victory. But right now, we're looking for value. We're not looking for, to think who's the winner. And this is too close of a fight to say, oh, he's going to win this fight. This is why he's going to win this fight. You can't tell me that Max Payne Griffin isn't going to give a great competition in there to Jeremiah Wells. So how could we say, yeah, 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 he's going to win this fight? No, no, no. You know, let's follow the breadcrumbs here. Let's follow the breadcrumbs and see these unanimous decision wins with Max Payne Griffin. Let's not measure the lion on who wins and who loses. Let's measure the lion on who gets to the finish line. And I think both of these guys get to the finish line. I think this is an over. And, uh, you know, for plus money, why not take Jeremiah Wells over, um, you know, the two and a half. And let's take Jeremiah Wells to win via decision. Jeremiah Wells via decision is at plus 114 right now. And also the over two and a half stands at minus 120. Will the, will the fight go to a distance? Plus 100, yes. Obviously, the book feels that Jeremiah Wells might knock out Max Payne Griffin. You know what? If Michael Morales couldn't knock out Max Payne Griffin, Jeremiah Wells isn't knocking out Max Payne Griffin. We're taking the over. We're taking the, will this fight go to a decision? Yes. That's what we're playing. That's what we're rocking with, baby. Let's go. Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday. Big time stuff. San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. Who's going to win it? 
You know, who's going to get the biggest reception of the game? Will it be Rasheed Rice? Will it be Debo Samuel? Who's going to get multiple touchdowns as a, in the running back position? Is it going to be Isaiah Pacheco or is it going to be Christian McCaffrey? You know, I've been going back and forth with this for a long time. I think Isaiah Pacheco might get in the end zone a couple times. I really do. I think he has a big-time game. But that doesn't mean that Christian McCaffrey won't get in there for a couple big-time touchdowns too. You know, imagine if Isaiah Pacheco gets in there multiple times into the end zone and the Chiefs win. Who wins the MVP? Isaiah Pacheco or Patrick Mahomes? You know, these are the types of things we're going to be seeing on Sunday. Same thing goes for McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. If McCaffrey gets into the end zone multiple times, like he did against the Detroit Lions, why doesn't he win the MVP? Why does Brock Purdy get it? It's not like Brock Purdy has been, you know, having these Tom Brady type of games. Has he been having good games? Yeah, but has he, had, has he been having great games? I don't think so. I think Christian McCaffrey has been having big games. I think Christian McCaffrey has been getting those big-time first downs on those third and shorts, on those third and longs, on those, man, when he's coming out of the back, Backfield and he finds himself open when he's actually taking the attention away from the defense. You know how many times uh, in, in that game against Detroit they took away the option of McCaffrey catching the ball out of the backfield every single time. That's why Brock Purdy was running and rushing for the yards because automatic they wanted Brock Purdy to rush for those rushing yards. They didn't want McCaffrey to beat them. They wanted Brock Purdy to beat them and he did beat them but it wasn't like he was looking Purdy doing it. Hell no he wasn't. I want to see McCaffrey get in there. It's his game. He was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. He's one of the best players in the league. Number one fantasy guy in the league and it's time for him to win the MVP. That's scary to say because like I said I've been going back and forth with Isaiah Pacheco and Christian McCaffrey the entire time. And I think I'm going to be going down to the wire on this. Man, even when I talk to Minty Betts, we might go back and forth with this. But we're going to find out. This is Hit the Bell. We have Minty Betts coming on next. Minty Betts at Minty Betts. Go find her on X on at Minty Betts. This is Hit the Bell. We will be back right after this from Vegas. Let's go. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Stop, 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 stop,
You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's up, my fans? Welcome back to Hit the Bell with me, Matias Bell. We are rolling. We have been live at Media Row all week in Las Vegas, and we're doing the show live from Las Vegas. Hit the Bell, Las Vegas style. Big time fights coming up, and I have a great guest coming up. The UFC queen. You can see her on every UFC telecast giving her best picks every single weekend. So we know we are ready to do well. And that is Minty Betts. That's right, Minty Betts. You can follow Minty on Twitter at Minty Betts. She has a bunch of great plays for us coming up this week. And man, what a time for this main card to come around. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer, Jack Hermanson. It's an exciting bout. And you know why it's exciting? Because Pfeiffer has been opening his mouth lately and yesterday, he was all over the microphone telling the media members that they're nerds and, and talking about other people and the way that he hits a bag. And and this guy has a personality right now, and it's and it's almost like he's angry. He almost seems like an angry fighter willing to get into the octagon and fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. And we get to watch it this Saturday, and Minty Betts is here now to join us and tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Minty. Thanks for having me, Matias. Yeah, this is going to be one banger of a main event. I'm so pumped. And, hey, it's happening on the most exciting weekend of the year, Super Bowl weekend. So there's a lot to bet on this weekend. Yeah, I know. It's exciting, right? It's almost the UFC takes the backseat to the NFL. We're walking around Las Vegas, man. How many jerseys from different teams have we seen so far this week? The the crazy thing is, man, I haven't seen one UFC shirt anywhere. And I've seen (laughs) team jerseys from all over the place. Obviously, we see the Chiefs and the 49ers playing this Sunday at the Super Bowl, but I've seen jerseys from the Pittsburgh Steelers, from the New England Patriots, the Arizona Cardinals, to even my Atlanta Falcons. And you know that there's barely any Atlanta Falcons fans out there, but I've seen more Falcon jerseys out here than UFC practice jerseys anywhere out in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. But man, come Saturday, the UFC Apex Center is going to have that energy. Big time fights coming up, but right off the gate, I gotta ask you, what do you think happens in this main event fight with Hermanson and Pfeiffer? Do you think Pfeiffer gets this knockout? Because all I hear on the streets, you know, the word on the street is that Pfeiffer carries a Francis Ngannou type of power and type of punch, and you do not want to get hit with that right hand. Right, absolutely. I mean, so far in the UFC, Joe has a 100% finish rate. He has that one-shot knockout power. There's no question about that. But he doesn't have this five-round experience in the UFC. His his level of competition has been questioned, and I totally get it. And I think it's insane because there's so much value on Jack Hermanson. I mean, he's been battle-tested. He has yet to have a back-to-back loss in the UFC. Um, he flourishes on the ground, but he can win in a multitude of ways. However, in this underdog position, he's only one and two as a dog, Jack Hermanson. So I actually do like Joe Pfeiffer to get the finish here, but instead I... I think my bet for this fight is going to be under two and a half. Like, I do not believe this goes the distance, even though Hermanson's stamina is, is without a doubt, very, very good. I mean, he can last a very long time in the octagon, but I just don't think he will go all the way with Joe Pfeiffer. I think, I think Pfeiffer finishes him. We're on the same page. I feel the same way, and I feel so confident with it, too, which is kind of crazy. In fights, I don't feel like 
extremely confident most of the time because it's a fight. You never know what's going to happen. It only takes one punch to really change anything and everything around. Do you think Joe Piper's takedown defense is there? Because if there's anything, you know, if there's really a chink in the armor when you look at this fight, it's can he keep this fight standing? We know that Hermanson has great jujitsu, and we know that his bread and butter is pretty much getting you to the ground and keeping you on the ground, gassing you out. That's the one question I have, and I think we're going to... We're going to find the answers to it really quickly. But do you think Hermanson could get this fight to the ground? And if he does, do you think he could keep it on the ground? Ooh, I think he can get it on, onto the ground. I don't, I don't know how Joe Pfeiffer's takedown defense is going to hold up against a guy like Hermanson who's just constantly going to shoot takedowns or, 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 or get you up against the cage like that. Um, but I think Joe can handle himself. And I think, if anything, he'll have to just rely on, I don't know, a little ground and pound. Just, I don't know, just getting... Jack eating some some nice shots here. So I think if if he does get it to the ground, Joe will be able to handle himself. No, I'm excited. It's going to be great, and I and I'm excited to see his main event. You know, I like I want to see Joe Piper fight as a main event, but it's also at the apex. So it's a little different when you fight, you know, in Austin or in Montana or in Nashville when the arena mm-hmm. is lit, completely lit, and you're the main event. When you're the main event, the apex. It's more spiritual. It's more. It's, it's a bit yeah. more quiet. You know, you you hear those rowdy kind of drunk fans that don't shut the hell up, maybe type <laughs> of thing. But I'm excited for this main event, and I'm excited for Joe Pfeiffer. Man, this guy seems like the whole package. He he walks around like he's already a champion, and, and I don't mind that one bit. I, I I'm all for it, and we cannot wait to watch this fight. But the co-main event, you know, I'm ready for the co-main event. My Hawaiian boy, my Hawaiian brother, Dan Dynamite 50K Ige jumps in the octagon as a co-main event. And you know what? I was going to say against somebody and blah, blah, blah. But it's against a poly, man. It's against another guy who always represents the Islander Nations. And that's Andre Touchy Feely. You know, he always says he has that Polynesian blood in him whenever he ends up fighting. And that kid could scrap. You know, Feely have, has been scrapping for a long time, you know, in the UFC. Man, how long has Andre Feely been in the UFC for? Let's look at these notes real quick. Like, Because, man, I feel like this kid grew up in the UFC. And he de- he definitely has. He, October nineteenth, twenty thirteen, was his first fight in oh, the UFC. Wow. That was a that was a year after I graduated college, and and I'm an old ass man now. I'm th- I'm thirty four, thirty five years old. So that's just <laughs> that's crazy, man. Andre Feely has been kicking ass for a long time. He's much more of a badass than I am, and he's coming off a big time KO victory over Lucas Almeida. You know when a guy like Andre Feely is coming off. A victory, an KO victory. You know he's feeling pretty damn good, and this is a dangerous fight. I see Dan Ige's number at minus one seventy, and it scares me. I love Dan Ige, but there's no way I could say I'm going to the window with a with a minus one seventy Dan Ige ticket, feeling confident. You know what I mean? How do you like this co-main event? How are you playing it? Matias, I feel the exact same way. I don't really understand why Dan Ige is is such a larger favorite than than Andre Feely. Like I get Feely is he's kind of coming at this on, on short notice, right? But but I don't know. I just I was there with the Ige Bryce Mitchell fight, and I was so sad because I was on Ige, and I just I just don't think he should be favored. I mean, both fighters have been pretty inconsistent lately, but they're both very similar fighters. Um, I think the upper hand does go to Dan Ige, and I do expect this to be a slower fight because Dan is such a technical fighter. He's got such high fight IQ. He's so well-rounded. So I do lean the Dan side, but 
my pick for this specific fight is for this to go the distance at minus 165. Like, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll lay that juice with Dan. And I don't know if I can trust Andre Feely yet, but that price, that plus money price does look tempting. But I'm going with this fight to go the distance. I love that play. Honestly, that is the way to play this fight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm with you 100,000% on this. I do think that it goes to a decision. I really do. Uh, you know, unless Dan gets a crazy knockout like he did against Gavin Tucker in the first round of the fight mm-hmm. where he just lands that big right hand. You know, it's hard to to really measure Dan Ige and, and wh- how great yeah. he is because he is a fantastic fighter. And there's levels to the game. And he's shown that there's levels to the game. You know, when you look at his record, who is Dan Ige? lost to he's lost a high high level martial artist we're talking about the korean zombie josh emmett eve loev you know cater bryce mitchell bryce mitchell on one hand has something that a lot of people don't have and that is superior wrestling superior jujitsu once he gets on your back and that's exactly what danny gay's weakness is if andre feely had fantastic just you know top tier jujitsu and he's a top tier wrestler there's not a snowball's chance in hell that Danny Gay is a minus 170 favorite. But the yeah. fact of the matter is that Feely likes to stand with you. He likes to bang with you. He likes to get scrappy. He likes to make the fight dirty. He's an exciting fighter. That's his brand of fighting. And usually when it comes to that type of brand, Danny Ige wins those types of fights. Remember when he fought Nate Landwehr? Nate Landwehr was coming off a bunch of victories. It was a step-up fight for Nate Landwehr, the type of fight that catapults him into the top 15. You know, is he a top 15 fighter? And Dan Ige didn't, didn't just close that door. He shut that door against Nate Landwehr because he rearranged his face. He beat him in every facet that fight went to. And it really wasn't a massive competition. Like, Dan was in complete control of that fight. And that's kind of where I see Dan Ige, you know, as a gatekeeper of the top 15. And I hate to say that because I love Dan and I love him as a person. But in my opinion, Dan Ige is not, you know, a top four fighter uh, in the featherweight division. He's right at the top 15 and he's the gatekeeper to see how really good are you, kid? You know, can you really stand in here and bang with the top level, top 15 guys? And I think that's where Dan is. But that's also a special place to be, right? It's like as a fighter, you want to kind of find where you could land – in this whole mix and make a career out of it rather than just an opportunity. I think Dan's found himself a pretty good spot, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you put that was so well put. He is kind of like the gatekeeper of the division. Not, not, I don't want to say he's not good enough to make it all the way to the top five, top four, top three, but he's good enough to test, you know, the newer fighters, the younger fighters, the fresh blood and, and everybody else. And he can truly like adjust his style to, to every which way, so uh, so that was a perfect way of putting and describing Dan Ige in this division. Oh, that's fantastic. I wish I could actually let him hear that, but if I did let him hear that, <laughs> he'd probably punch me in the face, and then I'd be going yeah, to sleep. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, F so, you guys. <laughs> so I, I hope my homie Dan Ige never hears that ever again, but we're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on because there's so many great fights, and, and there are more things I have lined up for you right here. You know, we have a big-time fight. There's a lot of big-time fights. When you look at this card, man, the card just keeps getting better and better and better. But this one is one where I just keep scratching my head, and I always scratch my head when I see a Rodolfo Vieira fight because I always question his gas tank. He has some of the best jiu-jitsu in all of MMA. You know, he's in all of the UFC. This guy's fantastic. But if he can't finish the fight in the first seven minutes, it worries me. And he's fighting a guy in Armin Petrosian 
who's a dangerous guy. You know, Petrosian is dangerous, and he's been dangerous since he's been in the UFC. I, I think this guy fights with balls, man. This guy just knows how to take the fight to the ground. He could take the fight to his opponent. He has good hands. He, he has a good gas tank, but he does have a loss where I think he got exposed, and that's to Chao Baraglio, and that's a guy who's going to take you down and keep you down. Now, my question to you is, are we going to see something similar in this fight with Rodolfo and Petrosian, uh, like we saw with Petrosian and Chao Baraglio? You know, that is, if you have superior jiu-jitsu, and if you have superior ways of taking him down, you're probably going to win a, win this fight. And that's what, exactly what Rodolfo Vieira has, is, is great takedowns and, and, and ways of keeping you down. How do you see this fight playing out? Yeah, so I initially loved Rodolfo Vieira um, to win this fight. However, he did open at minus 140, and now his line has gone down to minus 115. So just this morning, I'm kind of changing my mind. I kind of like the uh, Armin Petrosian side, only because, and I don't want to be this kind of better that's like, oh, well, now that the line has moved against me, I'm kind of hopping on the other side now. But I find that in the UFC specifically, when the line moves against you like that, more than more likely than not, the fight's going to go the other way. And like, again, I don't want to be that person that just solely depends on just line moves for that. But um, yeah, I'm kind of leaving the, leaving the Armin Petrosian side because there's more money coming in on the Petrosian side. Now, I like Adolfo Vieira. I mean, he's got all four of his wins in the UFC by submission, which is so impressive. He constantly shoots for takedowns. And I think that's, that is possibly going to be too much for Armin. Um but I think now there's a little bit of value on Armin. Now that it's, it's basically this line is almost at a pick So I don't know. I had Vieta this morning, up until this morning, and now I'm kind of leading the Petrosian side. What do you what do you think? Are you still on Vieta here? No, there, there's no way I could play Vieta with with confidence anymore. You know, yeah, I, I think if like anything, I, I like the over. It, it is a hit or miss. I, that, when it comes to those types of fights, I just find the I, I think Petrosian's tough. I don't think he's going to get submitted. You know, in the in the first yeah. couple minutes of the fight, I, I really don't. And that's when, you know, I think that's Rodolfo's bread and butter is when he ke- he keeps you down and he is superior, you know, than his opponent on the ground. He finds ways to, you know, to sink in that rear naked choke or to sink in a, a type of a type of submission that he's working with. And with, with Petrosian, like we've seen, Chao Baraglio is a, is a great measuring stick, you know, of, of how good Petrosian is, you know, because if, if Petrosian was, was a slack, you know, on the ground, Borajo is an anaconda. You know, he'll find that weakness. He'll choke you out. He'll beat you. You know, Sayonara Asa La Vista. But he didn't do that. You know, he he, he didn't he didn't do Vieira like that. Like that was that was a tough fight. And and so that therefore I, I do think that this fight goes the distance. I think this fight yeah. goes the distance and it's gonna be a, a tight fight to call. I, I can't really pick a winner because I, I don't trust Petrosian, but I don't trust yeah. Vieira. But I do trust both of their I, I trust both both of their ways of not being finished in the first round. So therefore, I, I see this fight being extended unless Petrosian lands something big to the point where it completely rearranges, uh, you know, Vieira's way of and his forms of winning, which also make him hesitant. You know, the thing with Vieira is when the second that he starts to gas out, he's a, he's a different fighter. You know what I mean? When when you see this guy fight, he looks so good in the first round. He looks like like the next Khabib, you know, but for, in a different division. And then yeah. you see him start to gas out, and then you see him 
start to struggle with, with the fight and you start to see him look at the clock and you start to see him it's like is a round over how how could i get this fight to the ground and i hate to see that i, I you know that's something that, if you bet on a fighter and you start to see him gas out and then you start seeing him take you know desperate takedown shots that's never a good look in my opinion because that means you're afraid of where the fight is going to you know wh where the fight is going and what's what it's leading up to and that's never a good look for the you know with the judges too you know what i mean it's 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 like a right. people that's making desperate mistakes. You know, it's, it's, it's like you're gambling, right? You lose a couple hundred bucks. What's the worst thing you could do is chase that money down and, and make bad yeah. decisions. And next thing you know, you're down 400 bucks. That's how I yeah. see Rodolfo Vieira fight when he starts to lose his energy. It's like I have to start doing desperate things to get me to what I like to do. And that's what I hate to see. And that's what I feel like I always see him do this in every fight that's competitive against higher level opponents, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I totally agree with you. Once you start seeing a fighter that you're kind of that you're on or you're high on can start to gas out a little bit like Rodolfo Vieta and you're expecting a submission from him. Um, yeah, you, you kind of for me, at least I see um, my my bet slip kind of kind of get ripped in half there so hopefully that doesn't happen hopefully i mean hopefully we're both right that this fight goes the distance because i think i actually do like this one to to last a little bit longer than than hodolfo vieta's normal you know time frame of of you know fights no absolutely we are chopping it up with minty bets she is the queen of the ufc giving the best picks on every single ufc telecast and we got her live on hit the bell right now we are kicking some ass I got another major fight for you right now, and we've been saving this one for the last because this one is one of the most exciting fighters I've seen in the UFC since she joined the UFC. And I love to say her name every single time. I mean, because her Muay Thai is fantastic, and she's she, you know she's a thunderbolt. You know, she's my thunderbolt, and that's Loma Luke Boonmi. You know, and I know you have a lot of thoughts on Loma Luke Boonmi, so I'm going to give you the stage right now. You tell me what you think about this Loma Luke Boonmi. Bruma Bra uh, Bruna Brasil fight because Luke Boonmi is woo baby my thunderbolt. Let's go. What do you think? Uh, I am so excited that you know a lot of people that I speak to who follow the MMA uh, or even just like casually watch UFC, they know who Loma is and they're so excited to watch her. And I don't know if they're just saying it because she's Thai and I'm Thai, but I am so proud to see you know the first Thai-born fighter in the UFC and and. It's a woman. It's a female fighter. And I'm just so ecstatic um, to be here working at the UFC and going to witness Loma in person. This will be the first time I'm going to see her fight. So I'm so pumped. And obviously, I'm on Loma Lubumi to win here. Now, she's a heavy favorite, almost a three-buck favorite. So I actually... And I know Loma has been working on, on her finishes, and she had an amazing, very impressive submission win over Elise Reed her last fight. Um, however, I'm liking this one to go to decision. I like Loma to win by decision here. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if, if she could finish uh, Bruna Brasil. Um, Bruna's a very powerful striker. She's definitely got the size advantage. I mean, Loma is a very, very tiny, tiny woman, um, but she's a high-volume striker. She, she's very busy with her shots and her kicks, and she's so heavy on the Muay Thai. She's got that Muay Thai core. She's fast. She's got great takedown defense. So I think Loma has everything every tool to win this fight. Um, and I believe she could finish Bruno, but I think this one could go all the way to the cards here. Um, again, just super excited about this fight. I will bet it personally. I don't know if I'll be giving it out on the broadcast just because I don't want to jinx it. And I've been a little cold, you know, starting off this, this, uh, this year. So uh, yeah, I'm going to leave Loma alone, but personally I'm going to bet on her to win this one. 
That's fantastic. That really is. Let me play devil's advocate right here for you on the other side. Uh, quick question, because I know that you know your stuff. Bru like, just answer it like this. Bruna Brazil wins this fight if... What what what? How does she win this fight? I I'm I'm with you. Luke Boonmi wins this fight. I, I'm completely with you. But let's just say she doesn't win this fight. Why does she lose the fight? Because I don't, I, don't, I, I can't I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Because looking at Loma's run, it just in the UFC, she's never been finished. And I think the only way, not the only way, but I think the best way for for Bruna to win this fight is for her to finish Loma. She's got to catch Loma off guard and and get her with one nice shot, nice clean shot, and just keep going after that. I mean, you know, I <laughs> did not expect that question because I am just like all on Loma to win, but I think that's the best path of victory for Bruna Brazil to win this is if she could finish Loma, which I, knock on wood, don't think is likely, but I don't know. Do you agree? What What are your thoughts on this? No, I do I do agree with you, actually. That's a great way to put it. You're right. She has a, she has a puncher's chance. And she, and, that's, and that's, in reality, that that's why we watch fights, right? Because you know, doesn't matter what the odds are, you know, can can you pull off that Michael Bisping Luke Rockhold moment? You know, where Rockhold is going yeah. into the fight, laughing. It's like you're gonna be the easiest fight I've ever had in my life, Bisping. And he literally thought it, it was like Rockhold literally thought it was gonna be the easiest fight of his life, and he even started the fight like the, it, with that type of attitude. And then he got knocked uh -huh. out. He got caught with a hand. You know, he got caught without Michael Bisping hand, and, and that was it. You know, that that was it. It was bang, bang, you know, chicken and shrimp, we're out of here. And yeah. you're right. And that, that, that's what makes fights so special. When I look at Bruna's last fight against uh, Bannon, was it? Right, sorry, Sh Shauna Bannon. Uh, Shauna yeah. Bannon, you know, I thought she was actually going to do work. I thought Shauna Bannon was going to win that fight. And it was a fun fight to watch, but I just remember watching Bannon, and she was cut up. You know, she, she was bloody. She, she, you know, she, she did not fight. She got, she got beat up by a girl who scraps. So yeah, Bruno, this is a tough fight. You know, uh, do you think the odds are too high for Luma Lukbunmi at, at minus three ten? You know, I, I kind of do. I am very surprised that she's so high as a favorite. And and you know, against all of her opponents, I remember looking at the odds, and I'm like, I can't bet on her just to win straight up. Like she's way too expensive. So Loma's no stranger to being a big favorite here. Um, but I do notice her line climbing and climbing because she opened at, I think, minus 150, minus 160. And now, you're, now she's all the way up to a th over a three-buck favorite. Like, that's way too pricey. And I think the line is just a little bit off for her because she has only one finish in her run right now. So, yeah, I, I actually do agree. And I, I do believe she's a little bit too pricey for me, which is why I have to bet no. her to win, you know, method of victory. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna put her. I'm gonna put Loma Luke with me in, in a parlay. She's definitely a perfect parlay yeah. piece. I think she wins this fight. I think her Muay Thai is excellent. At the end of the day, her Muay Thai is superior, and that's where she win her, wins her fights. You know, when she fights a girl who likes to stand and bang, that's how she wins her fights. I think if a girl yeah. wants to take her down and keep and you know keep her against the fence, you know, fight fight a dirty type of fight along the fence. I think that's her weakness because she's not the biggest of fighters. You know what I mean? Yeah. She likes to stick and move. Uh, she likes to use her, her mobility with her Muay Thai to win fights. I think she has a great Muay Thai clinch. The first time I watched yeah. her fight, her Muay Thai clinch was was phenomenal. It, it, it was deadly. She lands so many shots in the clinch. And I love those types of fighters because you just know that they've been fighting since they were like five years old. You know, Loma yeah. Bumi looks like a girl who's been fighting for her whole entire life. You know, it's in her DNA. It's not like something she yeah. picked up in high school because she was a good wrestler. You know, she the Muay Thai is something she picked up because her dad was a badass. You know, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely that's her blessing to do it. Yep, and she's in the right place to do it. So I'm so glad to see her representing, you know, Thailand and, and our people. And I just, you know, and just kind of going back to your point of you love Dan Ige because he's an island boy and Andre Feely. And, and now I, I get to feel that same way with, with one fighter that I get to see every few months. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, this is great. I'm your job excited. is to not break a tear after she wins from all the joy and pride. <laughs> you know, let's hope she does win. But, you know, am I allowed to scream? Am I allowed to scream during the fight or should I just hold it in? You know, I just have to stay professional. But, yes, I will be shedding tears, but secretly. You, you should just clap your hands under the desk. You know, just yeah. under the desk, just clap your hands with a straight face. It's it's a great it's yeah. a great. Or go to the bathroom and just start screaming. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually even better. <laughs> Whoever's at the UFC Apex Center after Loma Lugabumi wins, now you know who's screaming. Let's effing go in the bathroom yeah. when it's echoing all around the Apex. <laughs> exactly, security. <laughs> That's so funny. Now these fights are going to be badass and we're going to finish strong right now because it is a big football weekend and it's coming up Super Bowl Sunday. That's right, this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Vamos, I hope you guys got your snacks, your pretzels, your cheese, your hot dogs, your hamburgers, the grill primed and ready to go. I know that you have some props and some nice little fantasy plays for us. Why don't you give us your best plays and what you're going to be playing for the Super Bowl this coming Sunday because there's a lot of plays to be made. There are a lot, so I'm just going to kind of rapid fire through this. I First of all, with a side, the Niners versus the Chiefs, I have a 10-1 to ticket preseason that the Niners would win the Super Bowl, so I got to ride with the, the Niners here. Even though all the, the trends and the history kind of goes against the 49ers here in this specific spot, uh, and come on, Patrick Mahomes is, is the GOAT, will be the GOAT. He is on track to be another great quarterback in modern day history. Um, but I like the Niners in the spot. And if I had to stick to my guns, I would give Niners money line. I, I don't know if they quite cover the spread. I mean, favorites are three and seven against the spread in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I would bet on Niners money line here. And I do have a couple of props. And I told you I had a couple of anytime touchdown props, but I'm going to switch it up because they're boring. They're Travis Kelsey and Debo Samuel anytime touchdown. Um, but I'm actually going to give out uh, one that I bet every year, and it is for the game to be tied at, after 0-0. Zero, zero. So it, it, the game just has to be tied at any point uh, in the game, like 7-7, seven, 14-14. Seven, you can't tell me there isn't going to be a tied score. That's a little juice at minus 145. And again, this is a prop that I bet on every year for the score to be tied after 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it could hit mid-game, it could hit right at the beginning in the first quarter, and uh, yeah, that's a prop I'm sticking with. Another one that I found interesting is there will be a two-point conversion attempt at plus 125. I think plus money is wild. Now, there's no real reasoning for this one. History says Chiefs win and, won't, and it won't be close, but there will be very close points to the game, and the Niners definitely do not want to trail. I believe it's worth just a little sprinkle because this is just yes to there will be a two-point attempt not a successful one not a failed one just a yes that there will be a two-point attempt and finally the last one i have is going to be the largest lead under 14 and a half points now although the chiefs are three and oh against san francisco in this coaching era only one of the three final scores had a lead larger than 14 points i don't expect this to be a close out i think it'll be a close game uh, as the line states which is why I'm going under the largest lead at 14 and a half points. And uh, yeah, those are my Super Bowl props and picks. And hopefully we hit them all. 
I like that. No, that that's fantastic. I got that one ready to rock. I like that last one that you gave the most too. Uh, that was that's great stuff with the lead. Uh, right now, when I look at the Super Bowl, I, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking George Kittle first touchdown of the game. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking George okay. Kittle first touchdown of the game. I love the mess with the first touchdown props. I think this is George Kittle's first touchdown of the game. And if it's not George Kittle first touchdown of the game, it's Travis Kelsey first touchdown yeah. of the game. I think I think the tight ends show up. You know, Kittle against Kelsey is a massive, massive tight end matchup. Two fantastic tight ends. Uh, one of them is going to get in the end zone first, in my opinion. And I can't wait to see mm -hmm. it. And yeah, something I like is receiving yards. Kyle Juszczyk over 15 yards receiving. I think Juszczyk ends up getting the ball with some crazy play. You know, I don't think the Niners are scheming. You know, excuse me. I don't think the Chiefs are scheming for Kyle Juszczyk. So I think at some point... Shanahan will have a play drawn up for Kyle Juszczyk, and it's going to be about a 20-plus yard play, and it's only going to be once in the game, and I think they're going to hit it. I think you're going to fall asleep Ooh. on that fullback because you're too worried about Brandon Ayuk. You're too worried about Debo Samuel. You're too worried about Christian McCaffrey, and that's when you see Kyle Juszczyk just slip out of the back for that 15- to 20-yard reception, and it just lights up the crowd. You know what I mean? You Yes, I love that. You know what? That's going to be such it is going to be such a value play because everyone's eyeing exactly what you said, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, when like Kyle Juszczyk, I wouldn't say is underused, but he's that weapon that no one really expects um, to come up with big plays. So I think that it, there's a lot of value on that. Good, good. I love that play. And, you know, guys like Christian McCaffrey and the more popular players, um, their lines, their, their numbers are set so high. I mean, it, it's kind of a, inflated and it's kind of turning people off or at least me off from from betting these player props so i love that one matthias ah, when you impress minty bets the day has come to a great day not a good day but a great day let's go and here's something else i'm gonna be throwing into the lake right here and it's kind of crazy isaiah pacheco two touchdowns at plus 350 oh. not one but two at plus 350 and here's another one for you I think there's going to be a crazy touchdown from somebody that you're not expecting. Somehow, some way, the ball is going to find its way to Justin Watson for one touchdown. Oh. Just one at plus okay. 600. I think Watson gets his Super Bowl touchdown. This guy is showing up for Patrick Mahomes in moments where you least expect it. So it's not like Patrick Mahomes doesn't look at the end zone for Watson. Watson just learns how to find himself open at times where everybody else is guarded. And it's similar to the Kyle Juszczyk story. You know, if he's going to find himself open, I think Andy Reid is going to be able to get Watson open at some point where everybody else is worried about everybody else on the field except the white boy Watson. And you know what? Watson at plus 600 for one touchdown at any point is something I'll be dancing with. Let's go. Big time value right there, Minty Wow. Betts. Okay. I'm just going to piggyback off of one of the things you said. I do have a same game parlay. Plus 120. Pacheco anytime touchdown. This uh, total over 40 and a half points. It's an alternate total. And Jake Moody, San Francisco kicker, to kick one or more PATs. And uh, that is same game parlay, plus 120. And I think I like that. So I'm with you on the Pacheco anytime touchdown. But you have him for two touchdowns, which is bold, but I love it. We love the plus money props. Oh, that's been a blast. It's been a blast. And you know what? With that being said, because we ripped up the whole entire UFC card, gave your best bets, gave your best plays, and now – we, we saved the best for last because your plays for the NFL Super Bowl were fantastic. And the way that you delivered it was with so much confidence. I have it all written down. I'm ready to go to the window right now and make some money off of your picks 
for the Super Bowl. And I want to thank you for joining Hit the Bell. Again, fans, this is Minty Betts. You could find her on X at Minty Betts. Go find her at every single UFC telecast, giving her best plays for the UFC. She's always on fire. Even if she loses a couple bets, she's still on fire. It doesn't matter. It's Minty Betts. Thank you so much for joining Hit the Bell, Minty. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck this You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, folks, and that is it live from Las Vegas, live from the MGM Grand. It was a pleasure to do the show for everybody this week. Man, it has been lively. It has been great. A special mahalo to Minty Betts for joining the show this week and breaking down UFC Vegas coming up on Saturday. Joe Pfeiffer against Jack Hermanson, also giving us her best Super Bowl props coming up for Sunday. You know, uh, officially, I've been going back and forth, back and forth all week long, and my final pick for the MVP is Christian McCaffrey, and I think that the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl. I was talking to my boy Gabe Barenci today, and he sealed, signed, and delivered my thoughts on this Super Bowl. Uh, having a good conversation with him, I, I, it's a Super Bowl, man. You could go back and forth on great teams. That's why it's so hard to pick this game. You know, you can't really talk down any team. The Chiefs are amazing. The 49ers are amazing. But at the end of the day, the 49ers, it's their year. It's this. It's their time. That you know they've they've been on the cusp of winning Super Bowls. You know recently, and they've 
blown the lead, and now they're back, and they know what they have to do. I think that the Chiefs are going to be missing big-time weapons. You know, when you think of receivers, who's going to be making the big-time plays? And I think for the 49ers, you're going to see the big-time players make the big-time plays. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. You know, we're going to see these guys make plays, and that's why you pay big players big money. You know, for them to play great in big games like this. And I think that for Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey's going to show up. I think Josh Pacheco's going to have a pretty good game. I think, I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a good game as well. But besides that, I just don't see, you know, Valdez Scatling Jr. making another big-time play. You know, I see him actually making mistakes. You know, I, uh, Tony, what, what's he going to be doing? Is he going to be Butterfingers? Lots of questions that we're going to get answers to on Sunday. But I do think that the 49ers will be the one ra raising the trophy come this Sunday. And as far as the UFC, I will be parlaying Loma Luke Boonmi and Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer at minus 265, Loma Luke Boonmi at minus 300, and that gives us a value of minus 115. You know, pretty much even money just about, and I, I like that parlay right there, that two-team parlay. Besides that, I'm taking the over, the over two and a half rounds with Dan Ige and Andre Touchy-Feely, and I'm also going to be playing Dan Ige uh, to win via decision. And that right there gets us at minus 130. I would be kind of surprised if Dan finishes Andre touchy-feely. And if he does, I'm going to be shouting for joy because you know I have rooting interest with this fight. I'm also taking Jeremiah Wells at minus 160. I think he gets the job done. I think he lands a big-time shot on Max Payne Griffin. But I'm also taking them over two and a half rounds. I think Max is tough as nails. And I think he gets over the finish line. Uh, this could go down to a split decision. It's going to be scary, but I'm taking Jeremiah Wells with the damage. And last but not least, man, I'm taking Michael Johnson with the speed. I think Darius Flowers has a big-time punch, but at the same time, I think Johnson has been in there a lot of times, and he knows what he can and cannot do. Minus 140, I, I like that price right there. I'm also taking the over one and a half rounds. I think this goes to a decision as well. I think Michael Johnson fights a damn good fight and gets his hand raised. Also, uh, whew, this one's scary, but I'm taking the under two and a half rounds with Rodolfo Vieira and Armin Petrosian. I think that this is going to be an under. I think either Vieira submits Petrosian or Petrosian finishes Vieira in the second round when he gasses out. And you know I got to put some sprinkles on Brad Tavares, baby. Plus 210, you know, th that's some value right there. And this is a tough fight to call. You know, Greg, Greg Rodriguez, Robocop, is a damn good fighter. Damn good fighter. You know, great hands, great jujitsu, great wrestling. Uh, but Brad. Brad is a sniper. You know, Brad is the type of guy that wins these types of fights. You know, he's been winning these types of fights his whole entire career. You know, if Greg wants, if Greg Rodriguez wants to wrestle, Brad could wrestle. Brad has some of the greatest takedown defense in the middleweight division, in my opinion. You know, he has been in there with some amazing wrestlers who have had the hardest of times taking him down. He's over at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas, and that is their specialty over there. Wrestling, takedown defense, you know, takedowns winning the fight. And I cannot wait to watch Brad get in there and kick some ass this Saturday. Also, Emil Heider against uh, Gar Fernandez Garcia. This one's a, a, an interesting fight. I see some value here at plus 170 for Garcia. I really do. I think Heider's a good fighter, but at the same time, Garcia at plus 170, I see value in that pick. It's, it's you know, at the same, we're always trying to, to pick winners here, but at the same time, I can't pick winners with every single fight. Sometimes I have to look for the value. And plus 170 in, in a fight that I think should be a pick 'em, I'm taking Garcia. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been it for me from Las Vegas. We will be back next week. More picks, more fun. UFC 299, Alexander Volkanovsky, Ilya Topuria is on the horizon. And oh boy, there is some drama and there's some bad beef spewing all over the place. Also, Ilya Topuria stiffed us on the sports grid set when we were supposed to interview him. That's bad vibes, brah. That's bad juju right there. I don't know about you guys, but Volkanovsky's going to finish this guy. And if you guys haven't seen the video of, of Volkanovsky, you know, with the, with the new video that he produced of him being an old man, it is absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. Go check it out. Go look at Volkanovsky's uh, Twitter page. Go see if you guys like his newest video, his newest promotional video. I, I think it's one of the best things I've seen in a very long time. Oscar Willis. Go find Oscar Willis on X. He posted it on there as well. And it's just a fa some fabulous production. Go, go check it out. As for me, I'm out. See you guys next week. Aloha. This has been Hit the Bell. Go find me on X at Hit the Bell. Let's do it, baby. Take care. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor, you're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.